Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Honoring God. Let's turn our Bibles open to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30, please. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. This is God speaking to the priest Eli through a prophet. Okay, But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor. For them that honor me I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. That means they shall not be treated right. Honoring God is an extremely important key or an element if you are serious and you desire to walk in the covenant of blessing and increase. You want God's blessing to rest upon your life. You want God to favor you. You want God to increase you. You want God to promote you. Then this is a very important key. So I want you to listen very carefully and uh, take notes. Not only on a piece of paper, but on your heart. Okay? Now, so let's get started. What is honor? What, is the word, what does the word honor mean? Honor means appreciation, esteem, favorable regard, or respect. I'll say that again. Appreciation, esteem, favorable regard, and respect. To, it means to give value to something or a person. To someone or to a thing. Think of it. If you have a gold ring, would you put it in a junk drawer? No, you would put it in a very safe place. Why? Because of the value you give to that ring. Say amen. So to better understand this subject, sometimes it's helpful to understand the antonym of this. Dishonor. What does dishonor mean? Dishonor means to show no respect to treat as common, ordinary, or menial. That means you have no regard for it. It's just, you're casual about it. There is no real regard or respect. So to illustrate this, we're going to go through some passages in the Bible. Okay, for us to get a good understanding. What is dishonor? Then we'll go into understanding what honor is. So go to 1 Samuel chapter 2 again, please. 1 Samuel chapter 2, and reading from verse 12. Mark this verse. And I'm reading from the NIV. It says, Eli's sons were scoundrels. Whoa, <laughs> that's a very strong and a harsh word. And these are priests, okay? And this is what the Bible is talking about, people who are supposed to be leading people in the ways of God, setting an example, prophesying and preaching the Word of God, looking after all the aspects of worship in the temple, okay? And the Bible concludes, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. What is dishonor? Not having regard. So in other, in other words, they had no honor for the Lord. They did not know how to honor. They did not honor God. Okay, verse 13. Now it was the practice of the priest that when, um, whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled and would plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, whatever the fork brought up 
the pre, uh, brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. So they were all very self-centered, very selfish, and they always used their office for self-promotion and for their luxury and for their comfort. They wanted the best from the house. All right, verse 15. But even before the fat was burned, the priest servants would, servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give, me the, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. They, they had no regard for God at all. They just wanted everything they could lay hands on. They had no respect for God or what God ordered. Verse 16. If the person said to him, let the fat be burned first and then take whatever you want, the servant would answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I will take it by force. Wow. Can you see? Can you see what's happening in the temple? Can you see how the priests had neglected their responsibility? They were not leading people and teaching them how to love the Lord, how to respect the Lord, how to worship God. They were using the people and everything in the temple for their own comfort. They wanted the best of everything, and they, it was just being used for themselves and for their pleasure. So in verse 17, the Bible says this, The sin of the young man was very great in the Lord's sight. The sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. They had no respect, no regard for the offerings that people brought to honor God. They were taking it away to, for their pleasure. They had no regard at all. So the Bible calls them scoundrels, and the Bible says God was very angry with these people. Um, because they treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Now, verse 22. Now, Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about the wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear... Uh, you know, um, the, report, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. Hey, the father comes to know what all's, what's all happening because he's the priest there. And he says, listen, sons, what, you, what I hear about you is not good. That was it. The question is, he's the one in charge. He's the one that should have laid down the law and said, sons, this is not right. You have no regard for God. You do not honor the Lord. I will not permit this. But listen, he, he, he did not scold them. He did not reprimand his sons for their behavior. All he said was, look, I don't think what you're doing is good. That's not enough. When God places you in the place of authority, you need to know that when time comes, you have to bring the right correction. And the reason you're bringing it is because you love God, you honor God, and you want God to be glorified. You don't live with the fear of man. You've got to live with the fear of God, okay? And so he, he doesn't condemn that. He doesn't reprimand them for their lifestyle or their behavior. He, um, he feared, I believe he feared and regarded his sons more than he regarded the Lord. And that's what pained the heart of God. So uh, as you continue to read the Bible in that particular scripture or the scripture portion, you will see that God sends a prophet to speak to Eli. Okay, and so I don't want to read, read all that, but we'll, we'll quickly jump to verse 29 and it says this. 
This is what the Lord is asking Eli through this prophet. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you look so why why don't you treat my offering right? How can you have such disdain towards my uh, offerings that people are bringing? Why do you uh, why do you honor your sons more than me? Why do you honor your sons more than me? By fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel. You're saying, hey, you got no regard. And how is it that you're loving this? All the sacrifice that people are coming and giving to me. Your sons are taking away for their own pleasure. And so the Lord says, therefore the Lord God of Israel declares. Now he's making a declaration. I promised that members of your family would minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me, I will disdain. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who dishonor me, or dis, those who despise me, I will disdain. I looked up the word disdain. What does that mean? To look upon or treat with contempt or despise or scorn. To think unworthy of notice, response. Consider beneath oneself. So they had no regard whatsoever. And that's called dishonor. And you can see and you can read the rest of the story and you can carry on and see how when they dishonored God, the whole, it was not just that family, the whole nation suffered. They lost the battle. They tried everything they knew that was in the book. They praised, they jumped and all that, and they went to a war with the Philistines. They even took the Ark of the Covenant, but they lost and they were wiped out. And, and in fact, that's where you read the, the word Ichabod. That means the glory departed. Why? All this was brought upon because they dishonored God. Don't forget, if you want to enjoy and, have, and, and experience the covenant of blessing and increase, we got to learn how to honor the Lord. Say amen. Okay, let's continue. Again, I want to talk a little bit more about this dishonor issue. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13, please. Isaiah 29 verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as the people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me. They honor me with their lips. But have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. You know, he's saying, you're honoring me with your mouth. But I looked this up to get a better understanding. I looked this up, and I want to read from the New Living Translation. It's so much easier to understand. And the Lord says, these people say they are mine. You know, like many Christians. They're mine. They say they're mine. They honor me with their lips. Okay, they know the right... Christian cliches, they know the right Christian words to say, they know the right actions during a worship time, they know what to say at the right, you know, at that particular moment, they know how to act, they know all the Christian lingo, so they think they're, you know, everything is okay, all right. But, but, mm, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. All their worship of me is nothing but a man-made, man, okay, uh, man-made rules learned by rote. That means it's religious. There is no heart involved in their worship. I looked it up. The Greek version of that reads like this. Their worship is a farce. 
for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. So these are what? Rituals and religious practices. The fear and worship that these guys were doing was an, is, it was expression of human ritual and religion. It was not heartfelt. It was not coming from their heart. Many people are caught up in the religion of Christianity. They have certain rules and regulations that they live by. Like, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to read so many chapters. I have to pray for so long. I have to go to church. Let me tell you, all that is important and necessary. But if your Christianity is only confined to those regulated lifestyle, without your heart being involved where you can connect with God and sense the very life of God in you, it's nothing but religion. I hope you got what I'm saying. So I'm not saying you should not read so many chapters a day, should not pray for so long, should not go to church. No, 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 no. I'm saying all those are important, but the ultimate result, the reason I do all these things is to so that the Holy Spirit can stir my heart with the knowledge He imparts to me so that my relationship with God will be a heartfelt relationship. It'll be a heart-to-heart relationship. Say amen. Because remember, God is a spirit. And the Bible says, they that worship God must worship Him with what? With their heart, with their spirit. Hallelujah. So unless there is that live relationship with God, where you are pouring your heart out, when you worship, you are lost in that worship. You're not just measuring your worship by, the, by how much you're dancing or how much you're clapping. Those are results of the worship. Those don't specifically mean you're worshiping God or praising God. They should be a response to the feeling you have toward God in your heart. So this worship must be heartfelt. So what is honor? True honor is an overflow from the heart that fears God. True honor is an overflow from a heart that fears God. It's an expression that flows out from a heart that fears God. So it all starts with a healthy respect and honor for God. Say amen. Hallelujah. So if you don't have a healthy respect and honor for God and a fear of the Lord, you will not truly know how to honor Him. You've got to know this. You know, so many people talk about Jesus is a friend. Yes, He's a friend. But don't bring Him down to your level and try to talk to Him like you or treat Him like one of your friends. You treat Him as a friend, but you still respect Him. You still honor Him. You still bow before Him. Just because He's your friend does not mean now He's your equal. Jesus is not your equal. Say Amen. Hallelujah. So I don't deny the fact He's our friend. But I do want you to understand. I'm going to show you something from uh, Abraham's experience in this regard. But I want you to get this. Just because Jesus is your friend doesn't mean he's your equal. Jesus is not your equal. All right? He's our God. He's our Lord. He's our King. Yet he has brought himself down to relate to us. So he's our friend. Say amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Abraham was a man who knew how to honor God. Abraham, how did Abraham honor him? Abraham honored God through his obedience. Honor is displayed through obedience. He honored God by acknowledging God as his Lord, as the source of his protection and the source of his provision. He expressed it by 
you know, how do I know this? If you read through the book of Genesis, especially chapters uh, 12, 13 on, uh, where he had an encounter with God, and God said, listen, if you will leave your family, your kindred, and all this, uh, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you rich, famous, and distinguished. This is a paraphrased version. Now, if you read those things, now, we know that Abraham obeyed the Lord and followed him. Going where? He doesn't know where, but he said, yes, Lord. He said, yes to Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, yes to the Lord, and he set out on the journey. As he went on this journey, I want you to make note of this. In chapter 12, verse 7, <clears throat> and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, now as, as he was going towards this land that God said he would lead him into, uh, and he was moving into new territory that he had never traveled before, the Lord um, said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Mark that. On his journey in this place, he has an encounter with God. Hallelujah. What does he do? He builds an altar, and we'll talk about the altar. He builds an altar unto the Lord. Underline that. Verse 8. And he removed from thence unto a mountain. So he went on his journey. On the east of Bethel. And pitched his tent. Having Bethel, Bethel on the west. And high on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord. Again he built an altar. And called upon the name of the Lord. Okay. Verse, chapter 13. Verse 3. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier. And where he had first built an altar, then Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Okay. Every time he is going into a new place, one of the first things that Abraham is doing is building an altar. Why do you build an altar? An altar is built to worship God with a sacrifice. What was Abraham doing? Every step of the journey, he was acknowledging God as his God. He was acknowledging God as his provider. And God is the one that is increasing him, protecting him, and guiding him. Because watch what we read in, you know, I, I took you to chapter 13, verse 3. But if you back up one verse, it says, Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Now prior to that, what had happened was, he was in, under Pharaoh, and Pharaoh gave him a lot of stuff. So he knew it was not his intellect. In fact, he could have got into trouble if God did not enter in the scene. But God's protection was upon him in the midst of that famine. And when people were losing everything that they had, Abraham was growing rich. Hallelujah to God. Ha I said, hallelujah to God. You know, don't discount the fact that you are relating to a God of the impossible. God that is supernatural. What you think is possible or poss impossible in this natural realm makes no difference to God. To God, all things are possible. And so if you want to experience that realm of God's abundance and God's provision, God's protection... You have to learn to keep that connection with God. And that is established by having the right heart toward God. Hallelujah. Abraham had a right heart toward God. So as he moved in these new areas and new territory, 
where he had never been before. He never walked in that area. Every place he walked in, he was building an altar, worshiping God and sacrificing unto the Lord. Say amen. So he was showing his honor to God by worshiping God and by sacrificing unto the Lord. Worship is not just lip service. It is always accompanied with sacrifice. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The Bible talks about, you know, the sacrifice of our lips. Okay. That means, you know, I'm digressing a little bit, but just want to make a point here. That when it talks about uh, the fruit of our lips over here, that means I don't feel like giving thanks to God. I don't feel like worshiping God. Why? Because of whatever experience I've had or whatever you're going through right now. You know, when exciting things happen, good things happen, increase suddenly shows up, somebody comes to you and blesses you immensely, or some wonderful act happens, it is so easy to say, give, praise God and say, thank you, Lord. How good you are, Lord. But the sacrifice of our lips is when things are not going right, when things are going haywire, when you can't explain why certain things are happening, because you can't pinpoint to something that you did as the reason for whatever you're going through. And you're wondering, why is this happening? What have I done, Lord? You're confused. You're discouraged. And you don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like reading the Bible. You don't feel like praying. Hey, if you honor God and you really know Him in your heart, even during those times, hallelujah to Jesus, the Bible encourages us to offer up the sacrifice of our lips, which is worship. Worship will cost you something. That means when I honor God, I don't just say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I say thanks to the Lord, it's heartfelt. And there's an outward expression of that. As we continue in this study, I'm going to show you that. Because words without action are like clouds without rain. Amen? All right. The altar speaks about three things. Number one, it's a place where you come before the Lord to acknowledge and appreciate God for His goodness, His love, His mercy, His protection, and His provision. You're always thankful to God. You're always giving glory to God. Listen, you might have got promoted. It's nothing but the grace of God. Yes, you worked for it. But who gave you the intelligence? I'm sure there are many others who are more qualified than you, but you were picked for it. Isn't that the grace of God? You know? Some people might say, you know, uh, Pastor, you prayed, but it's actually the medication, you know, that healed me. Wait a minute. The guy in the bed next to you was given the same medication. He never made it. You made it. What would you call that? Would you call that that's medication? No, it's the grace of God. That's why even if you are healed through the administration of some medic me medicine, it is still God. If you landed a job and you were called smart, wow, this is the smartest kid. Or if you were uh, super intelligent, you're a genius. Don't give the credit to yourself. Who made you that genius? Oh, my hard work. 
Who gave you the heart to work hard? Who gave you that mind to work hard? Don't ever forget, behind all the good things, God is always there. Hallelujah. So, when we lose that context, when we lose that reference, then it becomes more self-centered. We say, me, my brain, my intelligence, my hard work, my influence, my fame. And that's when you begin to dishonor God. You're now blessed. You're in a good position. You're drawing a good salary and people respect you. You have no time to read the Bible. You don't, you don't feel like you need to go to church anymore. Because you're somebody. You are beginning to lose your humble status before the Lord. It's dangerous. I said it's dangerous. No matter how much you are blessed in life, don't ever forget that you need to submit to the Lord and acknowledge that He is behind all that blessing. Say Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you, listen. If you don't have a real heart-to-heart -heart connection with God, you will not have a genuine fear of the Lord. And if you don't have a genuine fear and a healthy respect for the Lord, it will be actually very difficult for you to honor Him. And even if you did, it'll just be lip service. So the bottom line is this. Where is your heart? How do you regard God? Let's go back to the altar. It's a place where you honor God or you come before the Lord to acknowledge and appreciate God for His goodness, His love, His mercy, His protection and provision. Number two, it's a place of worship. Number three, it's a place of sacrifice. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. It's a place of worship and a place of sacrifice. True worship always proceeds from a heart filled with gratitude and thanksgiving. Never forget to honor the Lord for every good thing you enjoy in life. That's what I've been explaining. Every good thing. All good gifts come from the Father of lights. That's what the Bible says. Amen. I believe it with all my heart. So whatever I'm enjoying in life today, I give all glory to God. And so I'm not just doing lip service. I know it deep down in my heart. I know where I was. And where I am today. I know where I came from. The humble beginnings. Praise God. Today we're able to minister to so many people. People watch us from all over the world. I give all glory to God. But I will never forget the humble beginnings. That I used to go and live in a village. I would go and spend time with the villagers there. Living in their hearts. Cooking with them. And spending time with them. Roughing it like you would not even imagine these days. All because I loved God and I wanted to serve God. And I'm never going to forget that. I know what, and nobody knew about us. But today God has blessed us to this degree. And I know it's not the end. I know there's much more that God wants us to do and what wants me to do. So I give all the glory to God. But if I want God to bless me and I want God to lift me and I want God to use me, then I should never forget that I should always honor Him and never be filled with pride. Say Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.